0: you. I hope you're well. It's. I'm a little later than I normally am. I try and post these by Friday, and here it is on Sunday night. But I wanted to pop on here because I was thinking a little bit um, about the week ahead and friendship. I'm very excited. I found my Al-Anon group online, and um, I've been using this podcast as a kind of substitute my Al-Anon group I was really missing everyone and of course I am kicking myself because I didn't ask for help Um, that's one of the things that I struggle with in my recovery is admitting there's a problem and asking for help and so I never had anyone's phone numbers I was always too shy to take that one step and actually ask for a phone number and so since Shelter in Place started for me in mid-March. I just have been missing my my weekly meeting, but I found them online, so I'm really excited about that, and it has me thinking about groups, and group dynamics, and friendships, and oddly enough, knitting. Um, I am someone who is a little bit obsessed with knitting, and has been for a really long time, and everybody knows this. I knit in my faculty meetings, I bring my yarn on the metro, I Um, think of it as a kind of core trait of my personality and yet I'm also really shy about sharing that and I have some shame about it if I'm honest which is weird. Um, I feel like I have a lot of shame in my life and so my therapist has been pushing me to think a little bit about shame and how it stops me and how it even connects to the point I started with which is why I didn't want to even at a meeting that's designed to foster connections and, you know, build serenity, strength, and hope with people who have a shared similar perspective, which is Al-Anon, I just was scared to, that there's something fundamentally too wrong or flawed about my situation um, to take that next step. And my therapist encouraged me, of course, to, she pointed me towards Brene Brown. And I feel like all of us know Brene Brown's really great work around shame. But if you haven't, you should check out her YouTube TED Talks. They're really great. And I was listening to one of them while I was sewing masks and <laughs> thinking about recovery. And she said that she, she you know, she she quoted the Groucho Marx quote, which is that, you you know, he never wants to be in a group that would accept him. And, you know, she tells it better. I just totally, it's supposed to be funny. And I just botched it completely. Sorry. <laughs> but I was thinking about that because I feel like I struggle with this. It's my own sense of self-worth. And, you know, I, in my head, I um, i think about what knitting friendships look like. And I have all the podcasters in my mind. And, you know, Catty Jacks Knits or Hey Sister Yarn Co. Or... Even the Grocery Girls, or my goodness, there's so many, and they all seem so um, open and loving, and you know. And then I'll see people on Instagram talk about their partners who were able to like travel to yarn store and buy them yarn, and they just feel it feels. I feel that sort of pang of I want that. It's not quite envy because I'm not you know, I I don't want them not to have it. I just, maybe it's loneliness. I don't know. I feel that a pang that I don't have what they have. And I feel incapable of getting to that next step, which seems like it requires sharing who you are and your vulnerability with someone. So one of the funny things about me that I did, (laughs) so me, I was like, okay, well, I love to knit. I'm on Instagram, I have a personal account, but I love to knit, and I'm ashamed to post how much I'm knitting on my personal account. So me, being me, was like, okay, well, I will compartmentalize. I will create my own knitting and sewing account, and thereby I can privately, um, anonymously post how much I love knitting and participate in this silly world of Instagram sewing and knitting and making that I feel somewhat embarrassed by. So I'm not going to use my real account. I, it was such a bizarro idea. And I did it. And it's fine. But then, of course, you know, it's Instagram and everybody's sort of linked. And so one of the things that happened, and it filled me with panic, was that lovely people in my life followed me. People I know from work. People I know professionally from conferences. They, you know, again, they were on Instagram and they, and they followed me. And they like my makes. And it makes me sometimes feel so strange and I've been thinking about that I've been thinking about that in terms of the groucho marks why does this feel strange to me these are people who clearly are um, taking one kind of relationship and extending it further trying to be my friend and to follow and support and like the things that I like maybe because they like me of of course I can't, you know, it took me so much time to get there (laughs) I, um, I mean, I, it's so strange I even thought about, um, you know, quietly unf- unfollowing them for me. Because it felt I felt so seen. I felt so visible. And so I've been thinking about that. And I've been thinking about that just in particular with my joy about my Al-Anon group. I, um, I really have missed these people. And there's a saying at the end of the meeting that even if you don't like us, you'll come... To, to love us in a very special way um, and it, it's from that shared sense of experience I think that's the line but it, you know you'll come to care about us in a very special way that there's this bond there's you know that that living with an alcoholic is its own experience and that it's unlike any other and that the people in those rooms are among the the ones that you can share that with One of the things that happened this week is that my daughter talked about her dad, who is my qualifier, he's an alcoholic, his drinking bothers me, we're separated, and in the process of divorcing, and my my sweet daughter, I've been encouraging her to not have my codependency and not have my recovery issues, and to share with the people that she trusts about what's going on, that there are no secrets that she needs to worry about telling, and I think... You know, That was one of the issues um, prior to recovery that I think we all learned to not talk about what was happening in our house. It was too painful and too embarrassing. and We were scared. I was scared that I would lose them. I think my husband was scared that we would recognize how bad things I become. And then my children just didn't know quite how to process it. And so I encouraged her to tell the truth to whomever she trusts. And she told the truth to our neighbor and her neighbor is lovely. Um, But the neighbor had her sister over who was saying to her, you know, just sort of standard good advice, like don't talk that way about your dad, people can change. And she came home crying and it was so upsetting because I saw her, you know, try and share with somebody her experience and have it, you know, kind of dismissed out of hand and the pain that that caused her. And it reminded me, you know, what I want for her is what I'm finding in Al-Anon and I'm trying to teach her, like, how do you learn, how do you practice, how you talk about the things in your life that give you, you know, that give you shame so that they, you can release that. And in sharing your vulnerability, you find compassion, you find friendship, you know, you, you become your true self and you find the people who see the world, um, alongside of you and see you in it. And so so that's what I'm thinking about. Oh, sorry, this got super deep. But um but I was thinking about this with my Al-Anon group and you know, I had once I talked about Alanon with one of my friends and about how great it was and and my friend who who meant well just said, "Oh god. You know, you <laughs> you really like going to these things? Oh, the people." And I said, "You know, I thought about that too. And then I realized they were all like me." I felt that sense of of being seen and practicing what it might mean to share openly. And what does this have to do with knitting? Well, I'm trying to push myself to share openly about knitting. (laughs) I haven't told a single person I know in real life that I'm doing this podcast, uh, but maybe I need to share that. I'm not sure. I'm going to keep thinking about that. But anyway, what I wanted to say is that in terms of knitting friendships, I have started um, to in- reach out to people who extend that sort of first step of friendship towards me and to pick it up and follow through. So, for example, um, you know, talking about people at, at work, when they comment about my sweater, I will talk to them and tell them about, you know, what I make or what I'm making. And I found one friend at work um, who is also a knitter. And so now, I follow her on Instagram, we like each other's posts, and we talk about knitting, and I feel like that's the start of a knitting friendship. It's not anything more than just, again, a a particular kind of experience and finding the people who for that part of my life, share the intensity of <laughs> interest and yarny goodness. Um, and then there's a neighbor across the street who has brought up knitting to me three different times. And so I, and even mentioned Marco Polo as a way to communicate to her, which is this really super fun app about making little videos. And it, it's, it's pushing me as well because, you know, they're not like Instagram videos. I look like bedhead in the morning and um, it's vulnerable But it's also a friendship, right? You have to make yourself vulnerable. You have to be seen in order to to make new friends. And it's really hard to make new friends. And it's really, especially when you're as old as I am in my 40s. And that's what I'm thinking about today. I'm thinking about knitting friendships. And I'm thinking about that pang of loneliness and what I want when I see people who know each other really, really well and share a love of making. But they also obviously share other things as well. And I'm trying to practice sharing that. Um, and you all, you know, there's not that many of you, but there are a few. So hello. Thank you for listening. And it's it's heartening to know that maybe I'm not the only person who is interested in a knitting and recovery podcast at the same time. I know it's pretty niche, but look at us. There's more than, than one, right? It's the start. So anyway, I am currently I'm still working on a (laughs) open air shawl wrap but it's getting to the finish line I'd say I have maybe eight more inches and then I'll be out of yarn and it'll be a proper lovely shawl and it's giving me some joy to to sort of feel that sense of accomplishment as I round the bend. I'm on my second pair of Nanami socks, uh, which are I'm I'm better at it this time. I kind of understand, but of course I got a little bit overconfident and totally botched it again, so I had to get the pattern out and stare at it a little bit. I um, finished the textured shawl wrap um, as well, and I'm now getting ready to cast on something new I'm thinking a little bit about that I am um, I you know I have lots of options I was gonna make a cardigan please don't pick the daisies cardigan I think that's what that's called and I have this beautiful uh, fingering yarn that that maybe I'll use but I'm also kind of itching for another love note and I've got um, this cool cotton yarn I talked about before the ash sock yarn by Sestari it's so nice and so I just think a little short sleeve love note without the lace I'm just going to do stripes I think and just use the the sweater as a recipe um, but I think that might be really fun and kind of you know for zoom meetings when I can just knit it in the round endlessly I'm also <laughs> working on a sewing project and I'm trying very hard to perk up my house, um, which takes a lot of courage for me because it means admitting that my husband doesn't live here anymore and that we're separating and divorcing and not that he was able to really take care of the house, but mentally I could offload a lot of things into his domain, even knowing that he wasn't able to do it. I think that was just my denial, but those things are now my problems and I have to deal with them. And one of them includes painting the house, painting my kids' rooms and dealing with the ivy um, that's crawling up on my, <laughs> from my neighbor's wall onto to our roof. And also these gross Ikea um, bar stools that have these linen covers that I got it in my head that I was going to recover them because I was following somebody on Instagram who was like just start somewhere small and making over your house and so I was like okay I'll buy some fabric and I will recover these Ikea bar stools and of course it's becoming a complete mind-bending puzzle but I pinned it I'm hand sewing it basting it together and I think I may fingers crossed have a new set of slip covers for these cheap Ikea bar stools that will at least um, share a little bit more about who I am um, and the fabric and colors and patterns that I like when people come into my home. And so with that, I'm going to stop. I hope you're well. I hope you're safe. I hope that you have beautiful materials that are inspiring you to make interesting and creative things. And until next time, take care.